Hello, friends, and welcome to the Kindred Life Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Marie Bailey, a regenerative farmer, author, wife, and mom, and I'm so glad you're here. Join me each week as I share encouraging and faith-filled stories, prompts, challenges, and conversations that will breathe life into your days and moments so you can dig more deeply into a life of connection right where you are. Do you want to live more bravely, purposefully, and connected to the people and tangible experiences that matter most? Then listen in. Hey friends, how are you? It is so good to be back with you again today. I am back here in the barn studio on Kindred Farm. The heat and humidity have arrived in Middle Tennessee as it usually does in late May and with it, the wildflowers. So right now we have got bright yellow coreopsis larkspur and poppies in the field and I actually did a bunch of farm work this morning and seeded tons more wildflower seeds today a special pollinator mix I also sowed a perennial uh, wildflower mix I'm super excited about that we get all our seeds from American Meadows so be sure to check them out So what else is going on on the farm today? I am up here in the studio, so a lot of you know we have this huge picture window that looks out over the entire produce field. So from this vantage point, I can see the Napa cabbage that we'll be making kimchi with is popping. It'll probably be ready in a few weeks here. And when we make kimchi, it is always an all-day event. We use my my mother-in-law's heritage recipe that she grew up with in South Korea. So that's something always to look forward to. And what else? I'm really anticipating the Bells of Ireland flowers that I grew this year. This is my first year to grow Bells of Ireland. um, And I'm really excited. I'm also growing zinnias and my calendula. I have some really pretty bronze calendula that are coming in now. So I've started harvesting the very first flowers of those. So, so much to look forward to. I actually have a really fun episode I'm going to be sharing with you guys soon, inspired by the Bells of Ireland. I also have a lot more conversations coming up. I hope that you've listened to some of the recent conversation episodes. And before we get into what I wanted to share with you today, can I just ask you one quick favor? If you are loving this podcast, the best thing you could do right now is to share it with a friend. You can send a link to my podcast on Apple or Spotify. You can check the show notes for that link, or you can send a link to a specific episode that really resonated with you. I still believe that word of mouth is the most effective way to share the things that we're into and the things that are inspiring us. So I would love your help. Thank you so much. Okay, let's dive in to what I wanted to share with you guys today. It is currently May, and I don't know about you, but this month always goes on record every year as one of the craziest, fullest months of the year for me. And as a farmer, I live by the seasons, I live by the months and the cycles. And not only is it the end of planting time on the farm, but we always have our farm dinners in May, and those are huge events. We just had our spring farm dinner two weekends ago for 130 people. 
and there's also weeds and the humidity comes and we're wrapping up school for the year. Sometimes I can even dread the month of May, even knowing that it's a beautiful time when flowers start blooming and it's so green and alive. Because you know what? We also have struggles in the midst of all these things. There are new challenges that are thrown our way. And maybe you're feeling that today like I am. So for this episode, I want to take you back in time a little bit. I want to tell you a story of what happened exactly two years ago in May 2021. At that time, I had just turned in the manuscript for my first book, The Kindred Life. And that was only the beginning of what was about to come. Here is a list of all the things that were scheduled to happen just in the single month of May 2021. 80 new chicks and two goslings arriving. 11 questions to be answered on camera and turned into my publisher. Four regular weekly farm stores on Saturday mornings here on the farm. Three wildflower fields to plant along with the entire produce field. Two girls' school years to wrap up. Two kindred dinners on the farm with 100 guests each, an artisan pizza dinner and a spring farm-to-table dinner. Two sets of close friends and family visiting back-to-back. Two photo shoots for my book to be completed. One farm store pop-up breakfast. New merch for the farm store to be designed and ordered. And beginning edits on my book. And those are all really good things. It was just so many things and so many that I honestly didn't know how I could get through it with my sanity intact. And I was actually finding myself dreading the month of May for a while. So how did it unfold? On May 1st, we hosted our farm store pop-up breakfast and we served up breakfast tacos and biscuits and cinnamon rolls, more than your heart could desire. And after everything was cleaned up, Stephen and I collapsed on the lawn barefoot and soaked up a gorgeous 76-degree spring day for three straight hours while our girls alternated between sitting in our laps and playing in the creek. For dinner that night, I remember we went to the nearby downtown Columbia, Tennessee, and we had our favorite Hattie Jane's ice cream for dinner, because why not? After that, I joined a yoga studio, and I loved returning to heated power yoga. I fell in love with booty yoga. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's kind of a mix of vinyasa yoga, tribal dance, and plyometrics. It was so fun. I looked forward to the long, scenic route home from yoga with the windows down, chasing the sunset, my skin glistening with dried sweat. Then in my book club, we read the book We Begin at the End by Chris Whitaker, and the only way I could get my reading in was in the bathtub late at night. My oldest daughter heard me talking about my book club and asked if we could have our own book club. She chose the book Sway by Amber McCree Turner. We had our own outdoor book club and tea party and snack fest, incorporating some elements from the book, and we had such a good discussion. It was so much fun. I was grateful for the time to connect with her, especially as she gets older, and I saw again how books and stories never cease to connect us in meaningful ways. All this time, the video deadline for book stuff was approaching. So I wrote my scripts and I pulled off answering those 11 questions on camera. 
It only took eight bazillion tries, and I was so out of my comfort zone, you guys. I wish you could see the outtakes from that. But it was such a gorgeous evening to film on the farm. Then, in preparation for the recipes photo shoot I had to do for my book later in the month, I decided that it would be a great idea to paint my kitchen cabinets and kitchen walls, finally saying good riddance to the hideous maroon walls and antiqued yellow cabinets that we've been living with in our 1949 farmhouse for four years. Because right in the middle of a million other to-dos is a great time to take on a DIY home project, isn't it? And I am not gonna lie, it was the worst DIY project ever. There were so many steps, so much trouble, so much usage of the drill, and so much mess. But it was so worth it in the end. And to this day, I walk in my kitchen and thank myself that I did that, and I just exhale. It's so light. The cabinets are white now. The walls are a very pale, beautiful blue, and it's so bright and happy. So right after I painted the kitchen cabinets, I sprained my ankle. There was actually a cracking sound. Seriously? I ended up having to get an x-ray and wear a boot. Thankfully, nothing was broken, but I spent the rest of that May limping around at less than half capacity. But things started to fill in on the farm. There were tiny corn sprouts, red clover, flower seedlings, and radishes. I harvested bouquets of kale and rainbow chard and daisies and the beginning of the wildflowers. The chicks and the goslings arrived safe and sound, and they brought endless entertainment among our girls and our farm store visitors. Did you know that chicks arrive in a chirping box at the post office? If you've never ordered chicks, you might not know that they actually come in a little box and the post office calls you and says there is a chirping box here for you to come pick up. Then with our incredible Kindred Farm staff, we pulled off those two farm dinners in May 2021 with the most kind and wonderful guests and breathtaking sunsets that I will never forget. And then at the end of May, it was time for the photo shoots, which were their own whole situation. I actually did a short bonus episode just on this part of the story because it it really impacted me so much. So be sure to listen to episode 22. It's called Learning to Be Free, A Body Image Story. And it's only six minutes long. Even as I share all these things with you now, I'm like, I don't know how I made it through that month. And as the month went on, something started to become abundantly clear. When I tried to skip too far ahead and think of all of those million things I had to do and accomplish, all of those things on my plate, I became paralyzed with overwhelm. But when I focused on only the very next thing I had to do, sometimes literally the next moment the next few hours, I had everything I needed. When I look back on May 2021, manna is the word that I think of. If you're not familiar with this word, it is from Exodus 16 in the Bible. In that story, Moses is leading the Israelites away from slavery and bondage in Egypt and through the wilderness to the promised land. And it's a very, very long and arduous journey. And in this part of the story, the Israelites are grumbling and complaining that they have no food and that they should have stayed in Egypt where they at least got to sit around the fire and eat meat every night. And here's what happens. 
God hears them grumbling and complaining. And instead of shaming them, he says, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites and tell them that at twilight you will eat meat and in the morning you will be filled with bread. And then you will know that I am the Lord your God. The Israelites had no idea what God meant and they had no idea what bread that he would be filling them with. So that evening, this white stuff came raining out of the sky and they didn't know what it was. They asked Moses, what is it? And Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. And so some people gathered a little bit, some people gathered a lot, but when they measured it, everyone had just as much as they needed. But here's the catch. They were not allowed to hoard it. They could not keep it overnight and they could not gather more than they needed. The people who didn't listen, their manna began to smell and it had maggots in it and it was disgusting and Moses got really mad. But every morning when people gathered just as much as they needed, they had enough. And when they didn't try to save it or hoard it, it did not stink and it did not rot. I love the description of what manna was. In this scripture, it says it was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. And I just love that little detail because God totally could have made manna taste disgusting, but they would have eaten it because they were so hungry. But instead, he made it taste sweet and wonderful like wafers made with honey. Even though they were grumbling and complaining, he still gave them something delightful in their nourishment. And then this part is really cool too. Moses tells the Israelites to take a jar and put some manna in it and keep it for generations to come. And the Israelites ended up eating this manna for 40 years. So when I walk through all the challenges of that May, manna is the word that kept coming to mind. God gave me manna, the grain of heaven to sustain me Only enough for that day. There was no hoarding until tomorrow. There was no looking ahead next week and wondering how I would be fed or how I would make it through all of these unknown situations, all of these really physically and emotionally taxing situations. But I had just enough energy. I had just enough support from other people and just enough faith to keep going. Why? So I would know that God was the one who ultimately sustained me, not myself. And that is the story of manna. So in seasons of life that are really full or challenging, just like in that May of 2021, I realize that I often treat my life like it's a problem to be solved. I stress about my body and my hair and my clothes. I don't complete my tasks well sometimes and I get scatterbrained. And my house is a complete disaster and the recycling piles up to the ceiling, the floors are dirty, and the laundry is stacked on top of the dryer. And then there are the heightened emotions that come with trying to keep a peaceful home and working through just ordinary life conflicts, collapsing into bed at night from exhaustion, financial worries, and being stressed in every way possible. But what I saw that particularly challenging May right in the middle of the hard things, is that so much beauty unfolded. I hope you heard that too as I told the story. And you know what? 
the next May, May 2022, is when my book actually released. And talk about crazy. But I had that promise and that experience of manna to help keep me grounded. And this time, I was not going to get too far ahead of myself. And now, here I am in another May. I look back at that time two years ago and I see what a gift it was. Connection with God, connection with the land, and connection with each other. These are the things that rise to the surface about that challenging time. And I was reminded of this over and over, and I will keep singing this song as long as there is breath in me, friends. Beauty is not something that happens when all of the hard things are over in our lives. It unfolds in the midst of them. We just have to have the eyes to see. We are not promised that we won't face challenges, but we are promised that we will have just enough each day to get through them. Manna. Today, two years later, I am facing completely different challenges and I'm sure you are too. But the essence of what we need to do is still the same. Take hold of the gift of nourishment and sustenance that we need for today only. Save up those stories in a jar of what God has done and tell our children and our friends and our families and future generations about how we got through it one day, one hour, and one moment at a time. So as you go about your daily life today, here are a few prompts to reflect upon. I always want to make what I'm sharing here on the podcast practical for you. So grab a pen and paper to write these down or type them into your phone. What are the biggest challenges you're facing in your life right now? In this moment and day and month you're living in? Is it family? Is it work? Is it friendship? Is it your health? How are you trying to get too far ahead of yourself? Maybe looking too far down the line, stressing about the details, becoming paralyzed with overwhelm? Are you seeing your life as a problem to be solved instead of keeping your eyes open to the provision God is giving you in this moment? How do you see the ways that manna is being provided for you right here and now? Take a moment to think about the small gifts that are intermingled with the hard things in your life. Maybe it's a really delicious, satisfying meal. Maybe it's a conversation with a friend. Maybe it's a hug from your spouse or a moment of connection with your child, a sunset out your car window. These nourishing things are gifts, and all of these things are manna. All right, my friends, this is the part of the show where I share three simple joys and encourage you to do the same. These three simple joys have become a gratefulness practice for me, and they help me to see the small things in my life that are bringing joy or making me smile or breathing life into my days. And this is what I want to share with you too, so that you can do this right where you are. So my simple joys for this episode are all inspired by a little trip that I got to take recently back to my hometown in New Jersey when I went to visit my parents. If you've ever returned to your childhood home, 
or longed for it, you'll definitely be able to identify with these. So the first one I wanted to share is sitting in my parents' backyard. So this is the backyard where I took my first steps. And it is really surreal in my 40s to be sitting in that same backyard. I had a moment where um, I was sitting on the swing, swinging back and forth and just looking up at these tall, tall oak trees and elm trees and looking at the tops of those trees and realizing that they're the same ones that have looked down on my life since I was born. I love being in that backyard. My mom has always made it magical and whimsical with flowers and she has all these fun little figurines of like squirrels and bunnies and there's a bird bath and there are bird feeders and I got to help my dad with yard work and I helped my mom plant some spring flowers and it was a beautiful oasis and I think there's so many years of my life that I took that yard for granted And now in this stage of my life, it feels so different to sit and really see like the history of my life that's unfolded on that soil and on that ground right there in the middle of small town New Jersey on that lush green grass that my dad's tended for 48 years. The second simple joy I wanted to share with you about my hometown was taking walks around the neighborhood. I realized that for five days, I did not use navigation at all. I did not use Google Maps. I did not even think for a second that I didn't know where I was. And there's something so special and beautiful about that familiarity, that feeling of being known and knowing exactly where you are in the world. The weather's pretty gorgeous in early spring there. So every day I took the advantage of taking a short walk around the neighborhood and I knew it like the back of my hands. I walked to my old high school. I just stood there on this pathway and saw the images of myself walking to school on my first day of high school. I remembered exactly what I wore. My hometown is only 30 miles from Manhattan, from New York City. If you've ever seen the movie The Family Stone, it was actually filmed there. So it's a really, really special place. So taking walks around my hometown was just like, oh, I treasured every second, every minute. And it was really, really special to get to do that again. All right. And then the third simple joy was sleeping in my old room. So I don't know if you've ever been able to return to your childhood bedroom after you've become an adult, but that really is its own weird experience. So my room, of course, growing up in the 80s and 90s in New Jersey was plastered, and I mean plastered, with New Kids on the Block posters. I also had a gigantic Marky Mark poster, and you should know that I had one row dedicated to each of the new kids on the block, but Joe McIntyre got his own entire wall. (laughs) My parents were so patient and wonderful to let me just like put whatever I wanted on the walls. And I remember the day that we got the forest green plush wall-to-wall carpet, and I loved that it felt like my floor was grass. (laughs) So even then, I loved the like outside references, even before I became a farmer. But now, staying it as an adult, it's been completely redecorated. It's now known as the Rose Room. Everything in it is roses. But the weather was so amazing that I got to have the windows open all day and all night long. And I heard the familiar sounds of my childhood that were still there. The sound of people playing softball across the street because I grew up across the street from three baseball fields and the sound of the birds in those really, really tall, mature trees in my parents' backyard. It sounded like I was living in an aviary. 
All night long, I heard birds chirping. They woke me up first thing in the morning and I let the sun shine on my face to wake me up. And then there was a breeze blowing in and it was just the sweetest of joys. Okay, my friends, that is it for our time together today. I hope this episode was an encouraging one for you. And as you go back into your daily life, I hope that you feel filled with a breath of fresh courage and that you know that your kindred life is worth fighting for. And that's why I show up every week to share with you because I believe in this message so much and is my joy to share it with you. In one of my all-time favorite books, Sabbath, the author Wayne Muller says, Life is not a problem to be solved, but a gift to be opened. As you go back in your daily life today, I hope that you'll join me in reaching out and taking hold of the gift. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Kindred Life Podcast. I want you to know that your kindred life is worth it, and I'm cheering you on. If you love this episode, please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star review so other people can find this podcast. You can always find me online at christinemariebailey.com, where you can also join my email community, The Kindred Letter, so you don't miss a thing. You'll also get several freebies for signing up for my email list, including the first chapter of my audiobook and some fun free guides. You can also follow along on Instagram at Organic Bean and at The Kindred Farm. See you next time.